Blog Talk Radio. Radio. I am your host, John Robert. We want to thank you however, wherever, and whenever you're listening to the show. It's always great to have you with us. Uh, we have a very exciting show for you today. We're going to have best-selling author Jenny Milchman on. She's going to be talking about her latest book called Wicked River. Uh, we want to also let you know that all of our shows are brought to you by Kensington Books, so please make sure that you visit kensingtonbooks.com for more information on their books and their authors and everything that they have going on. Of course, you can always email us here at Radio Suspense Magazine if you want to, you know, ask any further questions to the guests or anything about the host or just yell at me or, you know, send me a nice little picture. Whatever you want to do is always fine with me, too. Um, so we have, this is going to be, we have one more show coming up uh, in the end of June on Inside Edition. And then, of course, we always take the month of July off. Um, please note that Beyond the Cover on the 19th is going to have Kate Carlisle, the author of the Fixer Up Mystery series, and then Alan Jacobson is going to be on the 26th. Uh, the Story Blender also is going to have some fabulous guests, so check it all out. You can just subscribe on iTunes and get all that fun stuff and everything else that way, and it's all there. In the magazine is out. Uh, if you want it, email us, and we'll send you over copies, and you can get things that way. A lot of reviews and everything else we got going on. But without any further ado, let's get here with our guest. We've had her on several times. Of course, she's a very good friend of ours. Uh, we've known her for, for years, and it's great to see um, the work that she's been putting out. And it just seems like every novel just gets a little better, a little better, a little stronger, um, a little more, you know, a little bit more suspenseful and thriller-like. And so it's great to be able to bring on our latest guest here, author Jenny Milchman. So, Jenny, thank you so much for coming on. How are you doing? Thank you, John. I'm doing great. Um, thanks for having me on Suspense Radio. Yeah, awesome. So your latest um, book, Wicked River, came out. Uh, it released, what, I think May 1st? Yeah, so it's been out since May 1st. And it's doing really well. I mean, you just we talked a little off there. You had a five-week book tour that you did. First time kind of went out and around. I mean, and those things are kind of few and far between. Not a lot of authors really go out side of their house anymore to do book tours so that's kind of <laughs> cool so give us a little you know give us the taste of what you got in in your store for your latest book so wicked river it's funny that you talked about it being uh more of a thriller it it I, everybody's been saying that it's about a couple natalie and doug they get married and they decide to go on a backcountry wilderness honeymoon but you know w- the woods are the stuff of Things don't go so well for them out there. And not only do they have to confront each other and what their new marriage is really all about, but they also face a whole lot of danger in the woods. And, you know, that's kind of something that you, I mean, poor newlyweds, um, like you said, you know, they're just didn't know each other, starting their lives together. And then all of a sudden you decide, let's have some fun. So let's make their honeymoon a nightmare. 
So when you were sitting yeah. down and deciding, like, you know, putting this book together and whatnot, what was it maybe about Natalie and, uh, Natalie and Doug that kind of really excited you about writing about them and, and getting the book out? You know, what I've been saying on the, all over the country on the book tour you described, John, is that marriage is a struggle for survival anyway, right? I mean, every marriage, every day, we're always learning who each other is and how to best live together. And with Natalie and Doug out there in the Adirondack wilderness, it's sort of that struggle writ large because it becomes a physical race for survival too. And what fascinated me was the idea of taking two people at what is supposed to be the very best time of their lives, what happens if it becomes the worst? How do they behave? And could it be that their marriage ends up even stronger than it would have been if they didn't go through this hellacious experience? And I think in the case of Wicked River, if you asked either Natalie or Doug, you know, would they have survived if they hadn't had to fight to survive? The answer would be, well, maybe not. Well, and then when you think about it, too, on the flip side, you could also have it to where both parties can look at each other and say, wait a second, I didn't know that's how you would react to this situation and actually exactly. maybe question themselves about their marriage. So was that kind of on your mind that you couldn't have, because you, know, you, you, you could go both ways and you want to have a little bit of both ways. You still want to have a little bit of you know, doubt in their minds because that's what brings the suspense in, because you're not sure how it's going to end. So was that a challenge for you when you were trying to construct this together in order to, you know, to do that? That was the heart of the story, John. That was exactly mm -hmm. the heart of the story. Seeing somebody in the most extreme circumstances of their life, it's true. You see them in a way that maybe most of us will go our whole lives, thank goodness, without having to see our partner like that. And what does it show and what strengths come to the fore and what weaknesses. And, you know, one of the things I think that's true in the thriller world, and I have a little bit of a problem with it, is that a lot of times the female characters are not necessarily ones that I personally would look up to. You know, they, they do things or they marry the wrong person. And, and I know that that's real life and that happens. But I really wanted to sort of flip-flop that dynamic with Wicked River a little bit, and I think that my bride, Natalie, you know, because of the events of the plot and the story, she becomes the strong one for a while, and their roles really reverse, her and Doug's, and I loved playing with that, you know, and sort of teasing it out the whole way and seeing what happens if the man has to rely completely on the woman for a while. Yeah, and and that's and that's kind of the narrative when you know, like you said, when things are flipped and how are things done? Because you know, my my daughters, uh, you know, watch like the the Bachelorette, and and you always sit there and you wonder, and it's kind of the same thing. And I always laugh because I'm like, well, this is not about love because you don't know what that person is like when they come home from a bad day at work. If you can't right. get along in Maui or luscious locations where everybody is there and they're catering all your lunch, then really you're just a moron. But it's when you are home and then you have to see, well, what if they have a bad day at work and they come home and they slam things around and then you start getting that. So when you do put them right. in those perilous situations, you do find out a lot about, you know, your characters. And, you know, you, like, you know, like me and you, you know, we've been in this for so long and we've talked to so many authors, you get so many things, and you always hear that your characters – talk to you so when did natalie and doug really start talking to you and almost start taking themselves over and then you were just pretty much just putting words on the page 
Yeah, so that, I mean, that's a really interesting thing. I mean, there's a weird element with Wicked River, which is some listeners may already know. I actually went on a backcountry honeymoon in the Adirondacks with my husband myself. Our honeymoon was supposed to last three weeks, and it only, we spent exactly one day in the woods. Um, <laughs> so there was a real life comp- to the events in Wicked River, although it quickly became just what you said, where Natalie and Doug were their own people. And it's, you know, people who read the book and know me will know that there's very little of me and Natalie. Um, that, but the kernel of the story certainly came from real life. The, the process where the characters start talking and they're doing their own thing, for me that happens almost as soon as I sit down at the computer if it's a story that's really going to have legs. Like, you know, I described it. There's this movie out, I think it's out now, with Naomi Watts. It's called Shimmer. But a lot of sci-fi and speculative fiction use this trope, like of that kind of wavery wall, right, that the characters pass through when they're entering the other world. And for me, writing a novel is very much like that. My computer screen almost seems my computer screen almost seems to have like a shimmer to it, and I go through it. And a lot of writers will say this that like they look up and they think they were writing for a half hour, and then four hours have passed. And so Natalie and Doug started living this honeymoon very, very different from how my own honeymoon went. Almost the moment I sat down, and each day I would go through that portal and be in the woods with them. And, you know, it's funny, you talked about if we can't be happy when we're in Maui and like how about when it's like the 10th day that you had to work late and there's no groceries in the fridge or whatever, but how about if your husband has just fallen off a cliff and you have to help get him back up and tend to, you know, then what is marriage really about and how can you maintain that connection and maybe even build that connection? And they started doing that for me. I just watched them. And, when you look back at your at your last book, um, uh, As Night Falls uh, was your last was your last book, and so mm-hmm. it's, so it, it's been a couple years since you had since you had that book out. So when fans now of you or pick up Wicked River and they start looking at the writing and they look at the book, are they going to notice a difference from As Night Falls? Is there something? different about author Jenny Milchman that you changed a little bit. Maybe you learned or maybe you were, you know, concentrating more on set, dialogue, character development, something to that effect, pace, anything in this new book that people are going to say, I see a different Jenny Milchman author now than I did before. Right. Right. So there was, there's been almost, Wicked River came out May 1st, and so there was almost, there was like, three years minus six weeks between the books, which would not have necessarily been my choice. It was a long gap. I changed publishers, and I wound up with a publisher that I am just so in love with. It was worth every day of those three years, but you're right. Things definitely change, and I think the biggest difference that readers seem to be seeing and talking to me about is that Wicked River goes to a darker place. I mean, all of my books deal with very dark matter, but there's such a desperation to living in the wilderness and my newlyweds encounter somebody who's been living there a very long time that that desperation I think fed a lot of the story as night falls is about a family where two convicts escaped from prison show up on their doorstep one night and the whole story takes place in eight hours and it gives it a very you know tight pacing but that feeling of we may not survive 
you know, was sort of born in Wicked River from the very first page. Whereas End of Night Falls, I think it grows to that. You know, the characters at first think, okay, it's an ordinary night. And then they think, oh, it's not an ordinary night, but maybe we can get through kind of thing. Wicked River, it starts literally with a chase through the woods by a character, and it ends very much the same way. Mm -hmm. But in Wicked River, the one thing that you have is you kind of have two villains or two obstacles because you have – the woods itself, yeah. and then you have yeah. your antagonist. So Absolutely. How, yeah, so how then are you balancing both antagonists together in this novel? Because you're creating one, and one is kind of the scene setting, which is its own character, and now you're having to create another antagonist. How dark and deep did you really kind of want to get in with that character to kind of balance out the already antagonist in the scenes? Yep. John, you said it. And I think nature, excuse me, I think nature is the biggest antagonist of all. I really do. Oh, especially if you're from the city. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, especially if you don't know what it's like to go camping for an unexpected uh, two weeks. You know, so nature was there. Nature is a backdrop. The Adirondacks are the setting for all four of my novels now. They take place in a fictional town, but it's really the nature and the drama of that setting that that is the thread through all four books. And so that was there. When you're in the Adirondack Park, six million acres, six of our national parks could fit in the Adirondack Park. That kind of vastness is is going to be uh, you know, uh, an adversary no matter what. That was there and that was a given. And then, as you say, Natalie and Doug meet somebody who's been living in the woods for a very long time. And here's what I wanted to do with that character. I really, I'm a huge fan of the Reacher novels. And in the Reacher novels, when, child, when the villain falls, the bad guy falls, you're like, of course, he better fall. I could have killed him myself if I were six foot five, 250 pounds. In Wicked River, I was writing a bad guy that I really wanted readers to say, mm, probably had to happen, but I almost feel sorry for him. You know, I was very motivated by the quote, every man is the hero of his own story. And Kurt, the antagonist in Wicked River, he thinks he's doing a great thing. He thinks his motives are per- perfectly pure. But he wants from Natalie and Doug the one thing that no newlywed couple could ever afford to give. And what happens when there's a clash? Everybody believes they're doing what they have to do to make their lives go right. And that's what Natalie and Doug face when they finally meet Kurt in the woods. It's a little bit of a cat and mouse, like he knows they're there before they know he's there. But it's really about the clash of these personalities when they finally encounter each other. Yeah, and that's the one thing that I think a lot of fans – uh, don't really understand when authors are creating books, and I say this all the time, is like you cannot just have <clears throat> a simple batship crazy serial killer because it <laughs> really doesn't make any sense. Even right. if their view of it seems batshit crazy, to them it seems <laughs> normal. So you yep. have to normalize that in a way to where it's like, no, this is normal for them, but it's right. not normal for another person. And as an author, right. when you kind of have to write that and get that down, because that's not a normal way that you would act or a normal person would act, how difficult is it for you to make sure that you get that on the page because you do have to normalize their actions, even though they are right. very strange? Right. And I think one way that authors can do that and that I certainly strive to do is I need to know my character's 
family of origin. I need to know where he came from because that's where we get our view of normal. And this guy, Kurt, you know, he was raised by parents who really were not able to, they viewed him as a specimen. They viewed him as an object of study. They were not able to emotionally connect with him at all. And when you see Kurt in Wicked River, even though you never meet his parents, you see what that kind of raising would produce and it produced him but as you say he he thinks this is par for the course he can't believe it when nobody wants to do what he wants there in the woods mm-hmm. yeah and th- and those are always kind of the fun books too because you are because i always i am i'm always drawn to villains in books because you know that yeah. as the protagonist you know i kind of expect to know what i kind of get but it's kind of like the antagonist is always the enigma because you don't really know what you're going to get with that character and kind of how they're, how they're going to react to certain things. It's always, so that's always the intriguing part to me is how an author can write that side of them because that's not the normal side of them. Um, right. And so, yeah, I mean, but uh, just, just when you're going through the book and just when you're figuring out, I mean, do you have a lot of readers that email you and, and they kind of pick up on certain things in the book that you are kind of amazed about too where you're like, I can't believe that they picked up on that when there was so much other stuff going on over here. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And readers sometimes say the most insightful things. And, you know, I'm trying to think because I just did get back from this long, long tour, and I got to talk with so many readers in person, which is mm-hmm. far and away the biggest joy of the tour is that. And, um, you know, things occurred to the readers that were not even necessarily, like you said, the elements I would have focused on. A lot of people were very, very, they lo- a lot of book clubs loved to debate whether Natalie and Doug should have stayed married. And I'm not going to say whether they did or did not, but they debated it. Should they stay married? Should the marriage end after what happened there in the woods? Um, that was not something I was aware of when I was writing at all. Like, I knew how it was going to go. I knew if they ended up leaving each other or staying together. But readers kind of felt like they were kept guessing right to the very end, and they talked to me about it. Did you ever have a moment in the book where you kind of felt a little uncomfortable as an author that you were kind of getting into this place? Yes. There is one moment in the book where I did feel that. I don't know if I should spoil it, but there's something well, how do you, that... Well, when it happens, how do you get through that? Mm-hmm. See, I, I think what I do is I go back to the organicity of the character, If the character feels to me like he's behaving or she's behaving in a way that's true to them, I have to go there as the author because it's not, it's not about me. It's not about my level of comfort. It's about, is this something the character would do, feel, think, say. And in the case of what I'm talking about in Wicked River, and I think anybody who reads the book will, after they finish, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. This character would have without a doubt. Um, It goes to what I said about, him viewing people as specimens and not emotionally connecting. He would have done this thing, but it's a horrible, horrible thing. And I should say that my books are not, there's not really gore on the page, you know, there's there's not not. really violence and blood. So this is very much up, but you, but at a certain point, you're going to know this character had to do this thing and you might be horrified. I was, but he would have done it. I, I, I promise you he would. And, and so, and when you get to that and then you write it and then you go back and then your editor sees mm-hmm. it and they're like, Jenny, did, is this you? <laughs> you know, do you kind of get right. that out-of-body experience sometimes? Because you always kind of have to. Because I know that when I've written things like that and I've, you know, and sometimes, and I love horror, but like you, I do not like gore because to me that does right. nothing for me at all. It doesn't, there's nothing right. there. 
So you kind right. of had like like a little out of body experience, like wow, I I guess I really did write that. I have an out of body experience like that for every book I write, but I guess and I didn't think of it until you put it into these words. But what I would say is that I think I knew that it had to be there because neither my agent or either of my editors said, "Wait a minute, Jenny." They they just read it and it was like it, it was like part Natural. and parcel of the tale. Yep. Yeah. So I I think but that out of body experience, oh my gosh, I have it so often. Um mostly cuz I feel like the characters are doing this. I mean, to the point where in my first novel, which, you know, took me a very long time to get published, and I was not anywhere near, even to the extent that I'm aware of what I'm doing on the page now, and it's not a whole lot, but I was nowhere near so with my first book, Cover of Snow. And I remember my husband, who's one of my first readers, reading a draft and saying, okay, this fire, like, you know, why is there a fire at this point in the book? It didn't really make sense. It wasn't the underpinning that made it have to happen. And I looked at him, and I was like, I don't know why there's a fire in the book. It's not like I make this stuff up. And he was like, I know you do. You, you do make this stuff up. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I better go back in and figure out the fire. But it came because I almost felt like I wasn't writing it. I was watching it. I was watching the scenes like a movie appear on right. the page. And, and if I look down and see my fingers moving, it's almost surprising. Like, oh, I'm doing something yeah, and that's always kind of cool too. I think you kind of surprise yourself as an author, and it keeps you fresh. I mean, that that's something that you need to do um, as you go forward because you don't want to get stale. Now, Absolutely. when you are out on book tour and you see fans that have read your books and and they're excited mm-hmm. to see you, which is the one character out of all your books that they come and say, "Why haven't you followed up and done this with?" Or why can't you have a series right. about this one? There's always one right. that, that you're going to hear about. Who is that and which book? There sure is. And I heard it just <laughs> the other day. Um, so there's one character who – my books are not a series. They can all be read as standalones. But they do right. take place in this small fictional town. And readers who have read more than one will see things that readers who haven't read more than one don't necessarily. Because in a small like town, eggs. You have Easter eggs in there. Yeah. Easter eggs. Yeah, exactly. Like the fact, you know, that when you live in a small town, the grocery store clerk probably has a daughter who's in the customer's math class because the customer teaches at the high, you know, it's, there's that ripple yep. effect. And I love playing with that in the books. So the one character who does appear in all four of my books is the police chief, Tim Lurker. And he was not necessarily going to have a repeat appearance in my second book, Rowan Falls, but I started getting emails from readers after Cover of Snow came out, and like a preponderance of them, a high proportion of them said, the police chief character is hot. And I was like, (laughs) really? I didn't even think that he was. It didn't even occur to me. So then he makes a repeat appearance. He makes a repeat appearance. And just this tour, as you suggested, people started coming up to me and it's like, when is there going to be a whole book about Tim? When is there going to be a whole book about the police chief? Um, I don't know if there ever will be, but I do like the idea of showing a different side to Tim Lurker's personality in each book. And so the one that I'm working on now, my, you know, my new book that I'm writing, there's definitely a whole other side to him. And it's been so fun for me to go into that. Mm, Yeah. So, and, but like you said, you just don't know if you could, but have you sat down and, and thought about sustaining a book for him, maybe that's just him, maybe just to see if it works, to see if he could maybe. be like that lead. But I know that you right. have to wrap a story around him too. 
that fit. There'd have to be a story. And here's my problem, John, is that so all of my books, I think, really play with the insider-outsider dynamic. And all of the women, in some ways, are an outsider. You know, Nora in Cover of Snow is an outsider to the Adirondacks. She moves up there because her husband is a law enforcement officer. Um, you know, in Wicked River, Natalie's really an outsider in her own life. She she never developed that sense of who she was because she lost her mom very young and she was raised largely by an older sister. And there's just a lot of loss in her life that kind of dominates her character. So there's always this insider-outsider thing going on. Um, I think it's a big part of the Adirondacks themselves, actually, my setting, because roughly half of the people have lived there for generations. This is their home. They live there not necessarily by choice, but just because it's where they come from. And half of the people are moving up because they think it's a whole lot of fun to go hiking and uh, climb the, what is it, I think it's 37 high peaks or it's, it's more than that, wow. whatever it is. You know, they're coming up to recreate. They're coming up to open their sustainable diners. And so there's a real chasm between the insider-outsider. This is going to answer your question. So okay. I write those characters, I think, because I feel a real sense of being an outsider in my own life, and the books are a way of exploring that. And Tim Lurker, my police chief, he's the ultimate insider. And to write from his point of view a whole novel about being a police chief, I would have to know so much about law enforcement that now I sort of have a crutch, which is that anybody in my book is perceiving the law enforcement from the outside. But what do I think a policeman does? Whereas to go deep into Tim's everyday life, I'd have to almost become a very different sort of writer, you know, the kind of writer who really does a lot of research and really fact checks. And I just don't know if I have that in me. Maybe. Yeah. But it'd be a stretch. It'd be a big stretch for me as a writer. Okay. And see, and that's something that's interesting because I don't think a lot of fans realize kind of how in-depth and how deep you would actually have to get to actually kind of pull something yeah. like this off because you've got to make it work because you just don't want to throw it out there. And they're like, oh, this is what she gave us on this? This is not what we wanted. <laughs> exactly. And then, so you're like, well, it's like, damn, people. I mean, I can't please everybody. But, yeah. <laughs> You know, you kind of get what – but, right. you know, because for me, my favorite series are the ones where I can jump into book 15 and it's kind of the same as book two. I don't really need yeah. a lot of those right. story, underlying story arcs and this and that. I like the book and this thing right here. That's why Murder, She Wrote, Law and Order are like one of my favorite TV shows because I can mm. jump in at any time and I don't – need to know what happened in the past doesn't make a difference because it's about this time right. and this case and this book right at that time. So that's what I always get right. excited about, and I like that. And So, yeah, I mean, it would be something that would, could be very difficult for you to do, but maybe you want to take right. it off someday. Everybody needs a challenge. Yeah. They need a new challenge. And you're like, all right, yeah, I'm going to try it now. Yeah, absolutely. I never say never to anything. Right. So, Except you know, of course – even though your book, Wicked River, came out in May 1st, everyone's going to ask, so what do you got coming up next? I know. I know. And I do. And I sort of <laughs> wish I could have something immediately because it's, of course, when a new book comes out that everybody wants the next one. It's too bad you can't have it ready to go. And I know well, some authors but, do. Yeah. But the good thing um, is this, is that even yeah. though the book came out May 1st, you wrote that book 18 months ago. So you're already oh, on yeah. the second book or whatever that you're already doing now. So at least it's right. still kind of fresh in your head. <laughs> Right. 
It, yeah, it is, and it'll be hopefully sooner than later. Um, so the new book I'm working on, Weed Skill, the fictional Adirondack Town, is a threat in all of them. So a woman who has a reason to leave Weed Skill, her hometown, answers an ad. And the ad is for, the ad says, school teacher wanted to assume responsibility for one-room schoolhouse on remote Maine Island. And it's sort of a stranger comes to town novel where the stranger learns that it's the town that's strange. Oh, okay. Interesting. It's and not, not going to be, no, I'm not done. I'm, I'm still writing it. Is this, are you going to have some sci-fi elements into this one? I don't think, no, don't, no, it will not have sci-fi okay. elements. It's funny okay. with Wicked River, actually, people talked about magical realism because a couple of the characters who are super outdoorsy, you know, they, they accomplish feats that I would call just this side of realistic, but people talk like, is that, do they almost have to become a superhero, like to do this stretch of the hike or to do this thing, to handle this injury the way they did. Um, no, I don't think there will be any speculative fiction elements, but it's going to be a town that has been so insular and barricaded and isolated for so long that it's become a very, it almost is like an otherworldly place. Neat. So where's the best place for people to find you? JennyMilchman.com, your website? JennyMilchman.com or, hey, find me in person. I mean, I'm still doing this book tour. I'll be in D.C., Washington, and Delaware and Virginia in um, the next week and all my tour events stops are on my website you can go to JennyMilchman.com and click Wicked River click the uh, tour page and I'm also on Facebook and Twitter and just this tour I got on Instagram it was my um, then 14 year old daughter who set me all up and now I'm actually taking pictures and sharing them and tagging people so find me on Instagram if you use it oof yeah, that's too many for me. I just kind of stick with Twitter. I can only do one social media because I'm not that social. Oh, yeah. And at least Twitter, I really don't have to see their stuff all the time. <laughs> right, totally. Oh, and, and it's such a time. You know, I'm so divided about social media, John, because on the one hand, it makes my it makes my writing life, my professional side of it. Like I went out sure. and people came up to me and we met them on, I met them on Facebook. I never would have known this person, let alone gotten to see them in person and hear what they want written in their book when I sign it. It's so wonderful. But the flip side, it's such a time suck. And, you know, I write first thing in the mornings and I write on a machine that I have no internet, social media stuff on. But if I on Facebook in the morning, I, I could easily not get off until dinner time. Yeah, I mean, I always call I call social media weapons of mass destruction, um, <laughs> and it's like, yep. you know, that's just what they do. They they can destroy you in many different ways if you let it, so yeah. you just got to, you know, I just try to stay away and just try to, you know, stay off of that. But yeah, in professionalism, you almost have to have it. you got to use it because everybody wants to be connected and know what's going on, and they all want to kind of feel like they know who you are as a person. Like if they do meet you or when they do email you, you know, aside from 25 years ago where all you saw was, you know, Clive Cussler, and here's the latest Dirk Pitt novel, but you're like, well, what is Clive doing? (laughs) Well, you really don't know because unless you meet him, you ain't going to find out. And that's kind of the mysterious thing that kind of that shroud's been kind of taken away. So everybody now knows that, Authors like slippers, and they like to drink at a bar, and that's about what they do. <laughs> yep. They know your dog's name. They know when you're Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Well, Jenny, I want to thank you so much for coming on. It has been absolutely fabulous, of course, to always have you on and to talk about your latest book, Wicked River. We um, don't want you to wait three years for the next book to come out, so <laughs> let's plan on 2019 to have you kind of back on the show to talk about your latest book. But, we you know, we always enjoy having you on, so thank you so much and enjoy and good luck. Thanks, John. I would love that, and it's been a great, great morning. Thanks. Yes. All right, Bye and you stay safe radio on the road. Listeners. Thanks, yeah. John. Stay, Bye. stay safe on the road. You never know. So you stay safe out there. Thanks, John. I'll keep my wits All out right. there. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. So, again, everybody, that is author Jenny Milchman. Please visit JennyMilchman.com for more information on her latest book, Wicked River. It is out now. Um, fascinating read if you're not sure who Jenny is and you want to, you know, she has As Night Falls, Ruin Falls, Cover of Snow, um, but Wicked River is, is the book that is out now. You can pick up and check out. It's one that she should have, definitely have on your shelf if you're, you know, suspense thriller fan. Um, she does a very good psychologically. I mean, I guess you want to say it's like a like psychological expense, uh, suspense, um, and there's and you just get immersed kind of in, in the book. And so she does a very fabulous job in that. Well, we want to thank you all for joining us today. It's been fabulous to have you all with us. Uh, short half hour show. Um, but it's always nice to just be kind of intimate and, and just get really into uh, what we're into. So, again, I want to thank you all for joining us. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks with Inside Edition. And Beyond the Cover is going to be uh, on uh, the 19th. And we are going to be interviewing Jim Butcher. Um, Jeff and I are going to be interviewing him on Wednesday the 13th. So we're going to be then playing that on the air when we get to it. And Kate Carlisle will be on our show for the 19th. So, Check that out uh, when you have a chance. Subscribe to us on iTunes. So until then, everybody, we want to say thank you so much. Enjoy and keep reading. See you next time.